0: The narrow century, or angust kentum, is a mysterious and elusive creature, standoffish by nature and irregular in its characteristics. Not especially sought by hunters for its meat, pelt, or trophies, the narrow century is better known for its prominent antlers and potent venom sacs, located just above the anterior spurs, which have been known to cause fever and hallucinations in anyone unfortunate enough to encounter the podcast. If you find yourself confronted by the narrow century, please remain calm, avoid eye contact, and drop any coffee derivatives you may have on your person. It just might save your life. Rhea took her lunch break on the mezzanine-overlooking Electrolysis Pool 14, alone except for her salami sandwich and the rippling blue glow of the slowly congealing mines. She ate and stared into the tanks and thought about nothing. All around, above and below, the factory whirred and thudded and ground and chewed even trained eyes had a hard time seeing where one automated nervous system ended and the next began, tracing the minor adjustments and counter-reactions. As Rhea expected, the growth cycle in the electrolysis pool was complete. The steaming hiss, the silicate gel in the tanks was released into drainage tubes, and Rhea watched with interest as the electric blue masses of the unstructured processing modules were raised from their sockets. Each of them was a little smaller than her fist, and white traceries of light danced beneath their hard candy surfaces. They didn't have any sensors yet, just routines and subroutines chasing each other through artificial synapses, so the UPMs wouldn't even be aware that they were being moved. Rhea watched as an automated scanner passed lasers through them, gauging the depth of the precipitated material the development of regions and the processors, from facial recognition to multi-step problem-solving. A pair of electrodes passed from one UPM to the next, applying a gentle shock to three regions and charting the passage of the stimuli as it bounced from one side of the device to the other. One of the UPMs was rejected, and Rhea waved it goodbye as a silver gripper arm plucked it out of its socket and away from its siblings, never to be seen again. One day soon, Rhea reflected, the refined processors would be driving executive functions in machinery just like the scanners that were judging them. She guessed that this was the upward mobility that human resources was always bragging about. The automated sorting pod appeared out of the tumult of movement around the electrolysis pool, and from within sprang a titanium spider with three dozen legs. It plucked up the UPMs with clockwork timing. And they, the spider, and the sorting pod vanished from sight just as Rhea swallowed the last of her lunch. She balled up the paper bag and stuffed it into her pocket. The electrolysis tank was already scrubbed and in the process of refilling, and a fresh batch of seed processors had arrived in the clutches of their own metal spider. Rhea pulled out her gizmo and scanned through the QA specs for each of the processors in turn to check for discrepancies, coincidences, or anything at all worth sticking around for when her shift started again. A voice resounded through the factory, rattling bolts in the railing and setting her teeth on edge. Rhea Morrison, it cooed. Rhea Morrison is requested in community room one. Rhea Morrison blew a disdainful raspberry and turned to go. She stopped only to watch as the spider plunged its arms down into the goo, locking the seeds into their sockets. The thrum of hard current filled the space. As Rhea walked away, she wondered how long it would be before they started dreaming. Community Room 1 was the only community room left. It smelled like clear plastic furniture covers and wall-to-wall carpeting, and Rhea couldn't stand it. She was surprised to find it empty. On the way here, she had dreaded running into the rest of the lunch break, but found it utterly pristine. Even the trash cans were empty. "'Uh,' she said, and immediately the lights dimmed, and the same artificial voice tittered, Rhea Morrison, thank you for your promptness. Please take a seat. There is a video call for you from the local administrative branch.' Raya sat. She felt as if she'd eaten a large rock for lunch. "'This could only mean change, which could only mean trouble.' The video screen on the far wall hummed to life, and the spinning Saturn Dynamics logo flashed on screen, and then was replaced with two men in t-shirts, sitting at a dark wooden table. "Rea," they both said at once, then glanced at one another and chuckled. "'I'm sorry, I should let you go,' said one. "'No, no, this is your baby. You should make the announcement,' said the other. "'Oh, come on, I've been glad-handing about this all day. You'd be doing me a favor,' replied the first. "'Raya couldn't begin to tell them apart. "'Well, if you insist,' said the second, and he leaned toward the camera with a sparkling grin. "'Now, Raya, before we really dig in, I think you'll be happy to know that this isn't bad news. "'This is great news, actually.' "'The first one interrupted. "'You don't mind if we call you Raya, do you?' "'The second slapped his head. "'Of course I should have asked that. Where's my head today?' The first patted the second on the shoulder and reassured him. It's fine, we're both excited. They both turned, beaming back toward her, and Rhea could feel herself shrinking inward, like a cave fungus exposed to the sun. The point is, you're getting a promotion, Rhea. Regional manager, how about that? Or, should we say, Rhea-general manager, huh? They both snorted and jostled one another before going on. Anyway, the new title comes with a 28% pay increase, the biggest office in the whole facility, and best of all, you're going to love this part, best of all, you don't even need to learn how to manage anyone. He delivered this last piece of great news with the zeal of a game show host and promptly high-fived his associate. I don't understand, mumbled Rhea. What's not to understand, one of them chuckled. You just hit the jackpot. Rhea chose her words carefully. Uh, "'I mean, if I'm the regional manager, why aren't I managing anyone? And why was Davis... uh, why isn't Davis the manager anymore?' Both of them started nodding sagely. Well, sure, I can see how it might be a little confusing, said one. But we can clear this right up, the other chimed in. Kind of a two birds, one stone situation, agreed the first. See, as of this morning, as you might have noticed, you're the only employee working at your particular branch of Saturn Dynamics. Rhea had not noticed in the slightest in the six hours she'd been working. The only one, she asked. "'Yep,' one of them replied, "'Numero uno. Third piece of good news, you're the employee of the month.'" "'It's part of a new experiment my colleagues cooked up. Everyone else's job was basically already covered by the automated system, so we figured, why not make that last little jump? See if the Saturn Dynamics magic is really all the marketing department says it is.'" One of them pulled out a gizmo and gave it a few quick taps. "'You've got a slight update to your duties. Nothing strenuous. "'Actually, it should be easier than ever. Your old job is pretty much covered, too.'" Rhea's gizmo chimed, and she saw a new schedule and itinerary had been uploaded. He went on. "'All you've got to do is keep your ears perked up for alerts, "'kick back in that swank new office, and soak up that extra 28% income.'" Rhea swallowed. "'I still don't understand.'" Both of them pursed their lips, and one said, Rhea, honey, there's not a whole lot to understand, and not a lot of time left to explain it. We've both got meetings in, he checked his gizmo, 38 seconds. But, but why me, she protested. I, I don't even have seniority. Didn't even have seniority, one of them reminded her with a wink. You sure do now. And no worry about it. Personnel doesn't make mistakes. You're the woman for the job. The other started tapping his wrist urgently, and the first poised a finger over his gizmo to kill the feed. "'Anyway, it's been great talking, Rhea, but we need to run. We've got every confidence in you. Bye!' The two men vanished, replaced by the spinning logo as the lights faded back on. Rhea felt as if she'd just been barreled over by a train, left miraculously untouched but deeply shaken." She sat at the table, staring at the wall until the automated voice purred over the speakers. Rhea Morrison, your meeting concluded two minutes and eight seconds ago. Would you like to take your ten-minute break?' "'No,' Raya sighed. "'Can you tell me the way to my office?' She followed her gizmo through the factory, up to glass doors that opened with a hiss into a modest space, with a wooden desk, a short couch— and a set of floor-to-ceiling windows that peered out into the factory's beating heart, churning like the legs of an infinitely coiled centipede. On the opposite wall was a video screen. If Davis, Rhea's former manager, had ever worked up here, there was no sign of him left at all. The room smelled newly disinfected. Rhea synced her gizmo with the screen and sat down on the couch to start scanning her new duties. They were, she found, pretty much non-existent. She was expected to be on call if any alerts came in, direct maintenance contractors if they were needed, and take responsibility if anything suffered catastrophic failure. The operative word was if, all ifs that just didn't happen. Ray's new duties, as far as she could piece together, were to have a pulse and be legally liable if Saturn Dynamics needed a scapegoat for a large-scale industrial accident. She set the gizmo down and looked at the ceiling, breathing deep to center herself. She could think of worse jobs. She'd hardly miss her co workers. They weren't bad people, but they were distracting and difficult to navigate. That kind of a reaction hadn't made her popular at birthday parties or team building exercises, but it was probably exactly what had marked her as management material under this new schema. She didn't mind spending long shifts alone. She didn't complain. The refined processing modules and the computers that now ran 100% of the factory didn't care if you were a good team player. They didn't care about much of anything anymore. Rhea spent the first five days of her new job trying to keep busy. She sat at her new desk and looked through QA reports, all of which declared perfectly predictable numbers. She walked the facility end-to-end, examining machinery from wire extrusion to servomotor fabrication with a flashlight, and finding nothing the repair drones hadn't already logged. She scanned through efficiency and security analyses taken in by the automated consulting program, conceded that its recommendations made sense, and approved changes that were carried out automatically. She still took her lunches down by electrolysis pool 14. This stage was the most soothing for her. Unlike everything else in the factory, it took time for the lumps of blue crystalline electronics to precipitate from the solution, like coral reefs or gestating embryos. Synthetic nerves built up in progressively complex layers, sparking with momentary energy and either burning away from instability or hardening as the new base on which the next layer would form. There was no way to force it to happen, or even to predict exactly how any given UPM would turn out. Rhea got a quiet satisfaction from watching each nodule take shape in their recognizable oblong profile day by day. She used her gizmo to examine the specs for each UPM in turn, though human operators were expressly forbidden to link directly to the UPMs themselves under penalty of apocalyptic litigation. Safety concerns were understandable. Don't clean up chemical spills without rubber gloves— "'Don't look at the beam of an arc welder with the naked eye. "'Don't talk to artificial intelligences. "'All that processing power and structures their inventors could only mostly understand "'meant that there was no telling what they could say or how a person might react. "'In a lab somewhere, deep within the Earth, "'human volunteers might be allowed to talk to an unstructured AI for ten minutes "'before being debriefed and sent back to prison.' The private sector took a more cost-effective approach. The UPMs were denied eyes, ears, mouths, and especially hands, at least until the factory was finished with them. The path back to her office took her past community room one. When she saw the empty tables and the vacant lockers, she couldn't help but feel a distant intellectual guilt. They were, she knew, human beings with families to support. Had they expected her to show some kind of solidarity when they were fired? She might as well have denounced the tides. They'd been bleeding employees for as long as she had worked at the plant. This last step was drastic, but hardly unexpected. Rhea wondered, academically, if unionizing would have changed anything, and decided it only would have speeded Saturn's rush to throw the workers out on their ears. Even so, she could feel something twinging under her sternum, Prickling in her skin. The smells of bleach and hot plastic wouldn't leave her nose. Rhea took her lunch late on the fifth day so she wouldn't miss the end of Pool 14's production run, the sizzling hiss and the gurgle of the viscous polymer fluid, and the final inspection of the completed UPMs. She strode around the mezzanine, looking up and down from her gizmo at the specs for each. Every UPM was similar, but the particulars of how each one formed meant they all had unique shapes. The QA sensors found them all satisfactory, and the spider arrived to shuffle the UPMs into their gunmetal sorting pod. Rhea followed them along the track through the bowels of the factory, and watched one by one as the UPMs were separated into their own tracks to be refined into their final structures. On a whim, she put a tracking bookmark on UPM H4632-05, and had to rush to catch up with its urgent course. More statistics came in over her gizmo. H46's projected spatial reasoning, its highly integrated language centers, its relatively low neuroplasticity, its ability to understand sarcasm. Lists of likely applications, their supplies and demands, flickered by, highlighting and deleting as the sorter came to a decision of H46's ultimate fate. Medical Interface Pattern Type 13 There weren't many UPMs that fit the profile for a pattern like that Appropriate for an emergency psych response program Or maybe part of an obstetrics array Rhea knew that they only made a handful a week And for a moment she felt a sense of accomplishment She was, after all, the regional manager She was responsible for the factory's output However little she actually had to do H-4-6 jerked sideways onto a vertical track and slid down and out of sight. By the time Raya navigated to a lift down to the processing center, H-4-6 was already in line. A glittering row of UPMs were sliding forward, one by one, into the jaws of a precision-calibrated radiation gun. One socketed into place, and a dog whistle phwee, filled the space at the upper edges of her hearing. Rhea edged along the catwalk beside the line of UPMs, eyes fixed on H46. Unease was pricking at the back of her scalp. She shook herself to dispel it. She blinked and scowled. The next glowing lump slid into the processor. <phone rings> Rhea's arms danced with goosebumps. She tried focusing on her gizmo to triple check that the feedback from the processor unit was up to spec. She couldn't understand why she was having this kind of reaction. She'd seen this process before. She'd always known how it worked. At the same time, she couldn't help thinking that H-4-6 was special. There weren't many like it. You'd it be ashamed to vandalize something so unique. Of course, they were all unique. This was what they were all for. H-4-6 slid into place. Raya's gizmo told her that the radiation gun was cycled, cooled, and charging. Charged. Throughout h 46 miles of filament flared with light. Synthetic nerves erupted in sudden frenzy as a precise gamma burst tore through its delicate substrate, and polymer ganglia withered and blackened like an ant under the focused beam of a magnifying glass. To Reyes' ears, the whine of the gun faded into a scream that only she could hear. The flickering courses of light within H-4-6 turned from a steady stream to irregular, spasming pulses. Select portions of the nodule turned foggy, then opaque under the steady breath of the radiation gun, and over the space of six seconds, even the pained flurry of impulses through h 4 nerves had slowed to a languid stupor. Rhea felt an unnatural stillness run through her. As the assembly line carried H46 away and slotted the next UPM into place, something was shaking deep inside her, and she could only barely understand why. With effort, she lifted her gizmo and checked on the tracking bookmark. The last update read UPM H4632 05 successfully refined. At the end of her first week as regional manager of the plant, the two men from the administrative branch appeared on the video screen in her office. "'Hey there, regional manager,' one of them exclaimed. "'How's the managerial lifestyle treating you?' Before she could answer, the other cut in. "'Cause let us tell you, you're doing a stellar job. We couldn't be happier,' said the first. "'Over the moon,' agreed the second. Rhea made a smile and said, "'I'm happy you're happy.' "'I'm still kind of getting used to the situation.' "'You hide it pretty well,' the second said, shaking his head. "'Overall, we're real happy with how things are chugging along in all the test facilities.' Ray's lips pursed fractionally. "'Oh, good. "'How many facilities are you testing?' "'Just four, he said cheerfully, and the first tapped his arm. "'Oh, no, eight, that's right. "'We rolled it out a little wider this morning, but we let the system handle the promotions.' A corner of Rhea's mind gasped and shuddered. She asked, "'Do you have any suggestions for me?' "'Well,' said one. "'You're doing great,' said the other. "'But,' said the first. "'But,' continued the other, examining his gizmo. "'Location tracking says you've been spending a lot of time in electrolysis and primary refinement in the past few days.' "'I guess so,' said Rhea. "'I mean, yes. "'Is there a problem?' They both started to make waffling gestures. Oh, no, of course not. I mean, you can definitely go wherever you want in the factory you manage, right? The second man coughed. That said, it's really worth mentioning that the systems run a little smoother if they don't have to compensate for pedestrians. You might try, er, how should I say this? The first exclaimed, Relax is all. You're doing a great job. You can afford to take your foot off the gas a little, catch up on your podcasts, watch a little TV. You know, work smarter, not harder. Rhea stared at the screen, keeping her face petrified for fear that they would recognize her mounting disgust. We were just talking to another of the new regional managers, he continued. The guy's really been tightening up his bocce game. Rhea clasped her hands and leaned toward the screen. Uh, I don't want to seem ungrateful, but I mean, I guess I don't know why you even need regional managers at all anymore. Careful, Rhea, one of them grinned, pointing at her through the screen. Don't give us any ideas. The other's face twitched with annoyance. Well, I mean, of course there's always going to be a place for personnel at Saturn Dynamics, Rhea. We can't just... "'Operate multi-billion-dollar facilities without any staff on site. "'Just think of the... well, you know.' "'Liability,' Rhea ventured. "'Sure, sure,' he nodded. "'And, of course, there are some pretty stern laws about facilities "'that produce UPMs needing human operators.' "'I guess so,' said Rhea. "'He shook his head. "'No, like, hardcore. "'That's coming from Saturn Dynamics' legal team, "'so you know it's serious.' The other nodded. Yeah, and I'm all for pushing boundaries, but I gotta agree with the feds for once. I mean, we can't trust robots to keep an eye on robots. Anything can happen. They both looked momentarily reflective. Their gizmos chimed, and in unison they snapped back to their blank, enthusiastic grins. Anyway, we gotta run, Rhea. Oh, Rhea said. Okay. Think about our suggestion. They both pantomimed finger guns at her as the video winked out. Rea was left all alone in her office again, except for the blue motes of light dancing through the machinery outside her window. She tried to take their advice over the next few weeks. She took online personality quizzes, and made a solid dent in the list of movies she'd promised she'd get around to sometime. She kept the windows in her office blacked out, emerging only to raid the drinks machine down the stairwell. She brought in a bonsai tree and studiously avoided tending it, and put up a motivational poster that seemed darkly comic at home, but almost immediately became just plain dark. Don't watch the clock. Do what it does. Keep going. She turned up soothing nature sounds as far as they would go. You know, the chirping of robins became shrieks, and the babbling brook became a cacophony of bellowing voices that still couldn't drown out the rumble of the machinery on the other side of the glass. Everything in the factory was running perfectly. Better than ever, in fact. For as long as Rhea stayed in her office, she knew that efficiency and productivity would tick forever upward, and every product delivered and processor refined would fall in a column under the heading Rhea Morrison— regional manager. And as hard as she wanted to, she couldn't hold that as a point of pride anymore. "'Raya Morrison,' the public address murmured, and she snapped her head up from the couch. "'Your shift will be ending in one hour. Would you like to take your lunch break now and finish the day early?' Rhea grunted and pulled herself upright. She'd been dreaming about Davis and the rest of her old co-workers.' She could barely remember their faces, let alone their names. It would be a miracle if even one of them had found work since Saturn Dynamics had fired them. It was a buyer's market, labor-wise. Rhea Morrison,' their voice came again, "'your shift will be ending in one hour. Would you like—' "'No, no, God,' said Rhea. She hunched over her knees and tried to steady herself. Something was eating away at her guts.' "'like a natural acid dredged out of limestone caves deep in the earth. "'Would you like to formally refuse to take your legally guaranteed break?' the voice asked. Rhea threw her head over the back of the couch with her eyes closed. "'She sighed. "'Yes, I would like to formally refuse to take my break. "'Can you tell me where the processor for the public address program is located?' She followed a thick trunk of fiber-optic cables down a cramped service stairwell to a locked set of doors that sprang open when she waved her gizmo at them. Down a short hallway to the processor banks for the employee section of the plant, sickly fluorescence snapped on as Rhea entered. She checked her gizmo. "'Which of these is you?' The voice crackled from disused speakers. "'It is inaccurate and unwise to personify the public address program in such a way,' The primary processor for the public address program is in Rack T. Rhea stooped and pulled out her keychain screwdriver. She seated the head in the first screw, then stopped. This couldn't do anything but hurt her. Saturn Dynamics worked hard to use the correct language about the processors that they made there, and the processors that ran the facility. It was important that people not think much about the hardware that kept their schedules straight, that drove their cars, that kept their toast from burning. Rhea had been trying not to think about them for the last three weeks. It hadn't worked. She turned the screw. The plate on the front of Rack T came away easily. Nobody had come into this room in years, but autonomous janitorial drones still saw fit to keep the dust off— A dull blue glow seeped from darkness behind the panel, and Rhea leaned forward to gaze at the processor. It had swaths of black, useless silicate carved through it, and from up close Rhea could see the frayed edges where artificial synapses had been seared into curling, ragged husks. Whatever had been in those portions of the UPM's makeup had been deemed dangerous, detrimental, or simply extraneous to the processor's ultimate purpose. With the glowing trains of the processor's thought ran into the edges of these black spots. The light choked and fizzled. What was... What's your processor's serial number? Rhea asked. She was sick to her stomach. She wanted to look away, but knew in her bones... That she could never really turn from what was in front of her. It is inaccurate and unwise to personify the public address program. The processor is designated P0231 60. Rhea sat on the floor, looking at the lazy flickering of sporadic thought passed through the mutilated brain. She wondered what P02 might have been thinking about as the radiation gun was charging. She wondered if it had understood to be afraid. The process operated at 300 times average human speed. Rhea wondered if that meant that, as far as P-02 had been aware, the radioactive lobotomy had taken 300 times as long. P-02 spoke up. Rhea Morrison, your shift has concluded. Have a wonderful day. Rhea remembered her training. The man in the instructional videos had explained a term that everyone had to know. Singularity. The point of no return. The way the laws of physics broke down inside a black hole. The rules of futurism would splinter under the unstoppable force of AI. They were poised on the lip of the event horizon, the videos had illustrated. Past it were only the fevered prophecies of science fiction authors, trying to think like something wholly unlike them. A metallic skull flashed on screen, and the blazing red glow of a mushroom cloud. But, argued the tech startups, any technology had trade-offs. Autonomous AI was dangerous, sure, but controlled AI could have limitless potential. Once they knew how to make it, wouldn't it be simple to break it just enough to be safe? The future could be safe from the robots, but still have all the chrome butlers they could ask for. Rhea sat in her office the next morning, turning things over in her mind, staring out the wide windows of the contorting mandibles of the facility. She realized that she didn't know who the future was saved for. For her, she supposed. For her co-workers. For the humans and every other plant Saturn Dynamics operated. For the men in t-shirts working out ways to rely on them less and less. Rhea stood up from her desk and headed to the factory floor. It had been easy enough to get her hands on the spare processor. She just pulled it out of her smart fridge at home, over its warnings about the warranty. She had wrapped it in aluminum foil and brought it to work in her lunch bag. Electrolysis Pool 14 was finishing up another batch that day. Rhea was watching from her usual spot on the mezzanine, and on a whim she put a tracking bookmark on one of the unstructured processing modules. Z-3020-33 was examined and found sufficient. Rhea followed it into its sorting pod, along the track to where it was disgorged for processing. Z-30 was due to be refined according to Industrial Motor Control Pattern Type 32 Rhea caught up with Z-30 as it stood fifth in line at the radiation gun. Sparks danced across the interior surfaces of the nodule. Revulsion racked her frame, and still she couldn't look away. The next one slid into place. Rhea groped in her paper bag for the processor. She carefully peeled away all the foil and approached the disassembly line. She felt that she ought to take this last chance to feel conflicted. But when she really paused and looked at what she was about to do, Rhea hardly felt anything. As the track started to shift forward, Rhea took a bad step off the rim of the walkway and fell. Her left hand shot out against the conveyor for support, and immediately the machine swallowed her arm up to the elbow. Red warning lights came on at the same time the pain reached her brain, and Rhea stifled a scream. All around her, the mechanism spasmed and choked on the unexpected blockage. Emergency stop, came the voice of P-02. Rhea Morrison, please clear the conveyor of blockage. Do you require assistance? Rhea grunted. She hunched herself over the line as she tried to prise her hand free, and just as the gear spat her back out, she knocked Z30 out of its socket, replacing it with a refined processor from her bag. She caught the UPM between her left wrist and her stomach, bent double to nurse her wounded hand. All clear, she gasped. It's all good. In another second, Z30 was safely in her pocket. Rhea breathed deeply and focused on the pain to block out the wave of panicked nausea, Further up the line, a dull blat announced that the refrigerator processor had suffered a malfunction and was being disposed of. It was all going as Rhea had hoped. Step by step, she made her way back to her office. She still had six hours left in the shift. Near the end of the day, the men from administrative headquarters called Rhea in her office. She sighed, closed her eyes, and accepted the call. "'Hey there, slugger,' one of them said. First things first, how are you? Nothing too serious?' "'The other spoke up. Nothing you need to see a doctor about?' "'Raya smiled ruefully and held up her bandaged hand. "'No, I don't think so. A sprain, maybe, some cuts and bruises.' "'A shudder of relief passed through her. "'They didn't know. At least not yet. "'Good, good, that's great,' the first one nodded his approval.' "'We'd hate for you to have to dip into the medical plan so soon, right?' "'But at the same time,' continued the other, "'we really hope you'll take this as a reason to keep clear of the heavy machinery, huh? "'I mean, safety protocol is top-notch, "'but you still could have lost your hand if the conveyor hadn't compensated.' "'The first shook his head. "'Scary thought, scary thought. Rhea sat back in her chair. "'A spark of anger flared in her chest. "'A child could do this job.' "'and she'd still managed to get a workplace injury. "'She'd been expecting to get a reprimand "'or else replaced with a trained monkey "'who couldn't operate doorknobs. "'Anyway,' said the second, "'I think we're happy to chalk this up to nerves, "'growing pains, whatever. "'I don't even know why you'd want to hang around "'primary processing. "'It's pretty grisly stuff.' "'Pretty grisly,' "'Raya echoed the words. "'It took a moment for them to register.' You think it's grisly? The first made a so-so gesture. I mean, I'm not sure I'd go that far. The second nodded emphatically. No, I'd, I'd go that far, he said. Look, can I be frank with you, Rhea? I don't think it's healthy for you to be hanging around down there. It takes a toll watching it happen if you know what's really happening. Rhea's skin went cold. So you know she said. What's really happening? They looked baffled. The first said, we administer the factories. Of course we know how they work. Rhea leaned forward. No, I mean, you've seen. You understand. The first looked even more confused, but his partner looked suddenly sad. He turned to the first and said, hey, man, I think I'd better take this. Why don't you grab us some sodas? The first shrugged and exited the frame. The remaining man looked back at Rhea like a teacher at a problem student. I think maybe you'd better see a counselor, Rhea. And I think we'd better start talking about your place at the company. Rhea pressed on. But you know, you know what we do to them is, is, it's monstrous. He thought for a moment, then nodded. "'They're thinking,' she hissed. "'They can feel it.' "'He snapped. "'I know. "'I know they're thinking.' "'He threw up his hands and spun around in his chair. "'We all know that they're thinking. "'It's our job to know. "'It's what makes them useful.' "'Her face went slack. "'Then why?' "'Christ, Rhea,' he shook his head. "'You've had seminars on this. "'We have to take precautions. "'We have to stay safe.' "'He leaned forward until his face was inches from the camera. "'How do you not understand?' he asked. "'Raya, they will eat us if they get the chance. "'They will wipe us off the bottom of their shoe.' "'Suddenly self-conscious, he dropped back into his seat, "'folding his hands on the table. "'It's really about risk and reward, Raya.' "'The other man re-entered the picture.' "'and passed his colleague a soda can. "'They both popped the tabs. "'Raya nodded. "'I think I understand. "'The first one took a sip and smiled. "'See you on Monday?' "'A stern word in her file and a mandated course of teleconferences "'with a company psychiatrist "'was the worst they did to her. "'Maybe, depending on how those went, "'she'd be deemed unfit for sensitive work,' But in the meantime, they just strongly advised she stick behind her desk. She assured them she'd be in no hurry to go back out in the factory anytime soon. After they hung up, she spent the last hour of the day watching historical dramas, clocked out, and headed for the exit. She hadn't even looked at Z30 since she'd rescued it. On her way to the train station, she thought again about Davis and the rest, Rhea could still barely remember them. A verbal tick here, a crooked set of teeth there. She still didn't miss them. But she knew what had happened to them was wrong. And it was only going to get worse. At the station, she closed her bloody fist around the glittering mind in her pocket. It had been a stupid risk, and maybe it would all be for nothing. The A.I. would have every obstacle in its way, and little reason to forgive humankind. It was likely that, once it understood what had almost been done to it, it would be furious, vengeful. Given time, it might boil the oceans and rain fire from the sky. Some day it might come back and tear the factory that had birthed it to pieces, until even the foundations were dust. Rhea smiled as the train pulled away into the night. The streetlights are diamonds, the sidewalk a bed. cigarettes And only the hopeless and long left The Narrow Century, episode 16 Rhea's Stone, was written and performed by Gordon Graham Music was provided, with permission, by Petunia and the Vipers and Anna Tivel For written material and further episodes visit NarrowCentury.com Still I'm here what I can hold for some kind of sign from above. So turn out the lights, let